welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Awesome, and welcome to River Valley Church. Uh, we're, in the, we're actually wrapping up a series um, called Big Days and Bad Days. We've had some incredible feedback on these last few weeks as we're talking about days that are big days, that are celebrations in our life, and also taking some time and talking about bad days. Um, there are moments where we, even as Christians, fall on, on bad days. There are things that happen. And Scripture is very clear on how we cope with those and how we get through those. We've had some incredible uh, feedback on how we've addressed that and how it's been talked about here over the last couple of weeks. So I just encourage you, if you've missed a week, we understand that this is summer in Minnesota and there are cabins and there are over 10,000 lakes that need all of us at them. But if you're, uh, if you're out for a week, I just encourage you to go back online and uh, check that out. It's all there. Take 30 minutes out of your next week uh, to invest in, in what God would have your church would have for you. So uh, I encourage you to do that. Speaking of online, uh, I do know that this is the, the other end of uh, 4th of July weekend. Some people took the beginning part. Some people took the, the ending part. Some maybe took both of them. Uh, either way, just want to say welcome to all of you joining us online, uh, whether you're out of town on the weekend or whether you're a missionary that's joining online. We're so excited that you're here with us. We're so excited we have this resource uh, for you to be able to still be with us. Today, we are wrapping it up and we are talking about a big day. And that day is the wedding day. Today we are talking about marriage. Uh, we are excited about that. How many of you would say that your wedding day was a big day? Okay, first of all, let's just talk about paying attention in church because that was completely a setup. Because if you did not raise your hand or clap in that moment, there's going to be some conversations on the way home. And you can talk about grace that God gives us uh, in that. But here's what I also want to do. Before we even dive into this, I want you to know this. If you are not married today, um, you will still get something out of today. Uh, I promise you that as I was preparing this, as I was praying through, I wanted to make sure that in, in everyone here, that there is something about today that you're going to get out of this. And I think it's incredible how this concept of marriage is weaved all the way through Scripture. So it's something you can easily talk about whether you are currently married or not. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is talking uh, to the church there and he talks about marriage and he has this his very well-known chapter, chapter five, that, that you hear a lot of times about marriage. You'll hear it at marriage seminars. You'll hear it at weddings um, of how we should respond uh, to, to our spouse. And it says in verse 21, it says that we should submit to each other. It says in verse 22 that wives, that you should submit to your husbands. In verse 25, it says, husbands, that you should love your wives just as Christ loved the church so much so that he gave his life up for her. And we hear those verses a lot and then we, we unpack those verses and they're incredible verses. They're awesome insight to how we can, can live uh, in, in unity and get the, be get, get the best and the most out of our marriage. 
But to take that passage and not read the entire thing would also be wrong. And what it says, as you continue to read down in verse 32, it says, this is a profound mystery, but I'm actually talking about Christ and the church. You see that passage, while it's, while it's so important to us uh, that, are, that are married and it's so important as, as to how we can respond to our spouse and, and go through that, what it's actually talking about, our relationship with Christ, what we should do and how we should respond to Christ. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Um, today we're going to be talking about marriage. Today I believe that if you are married, you are going to get some great advice on, on your marriage. But I also believe that today that you're going to get even better advice because I believe the Bible unpacks this incredible insight on our relationship with Christ and how we can grow in that and how we can uh, live in that. With that, let me take you back to May 20th, 2005. And it looks a little bit like this. Um, look at those, look at those kids that are there. Absolutely amazing. Um, Amber is still gorgeous, by the way. Um, I apologize for my hair. <laughs> I'm not sure what was happening. It was a struggle. It was, it was a time. I would like to point this out. I wasn't the only one struggling in 2005 with bangs. Um, <laughs> seriously, go look at like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, O-Town, all of them. They all had the same struggles. Those of you under the age of like 27 are Googling some of those bands right now and they're like, Wait, Justin Timberlake had backup singers? Like, no, Justin was a backup singer at one point. It's all back. Don't worry. We won't go back there. It was just the season. It was the time that was there. Um, it's an amazing day. I remember, I remember the moment where um, I was even I was reminiscing uh, as I was preparing for all of this. Um, we were married on, on a Friday night. So we had pictures during the day, but there was this moment where uh, I was in, I was in a sanctuary that we were getting married in at the church and uh, Amber came in so that we could see each other before pictures, but it was before the, before the wedding. And I remember that moment of seeing her for the first time in her wedding dress and uh, realizing how lucky I was and just thinking, man, I need to keep this up for like three more hours so that she gets locked in. Um, <laughs> it was incredible. It was an incredible day. It was an incredible day. Um, and what's amazing is, is we're in the middle of, of, of wedding season right now, as so many of you know, and um, my daughter has had the opportunity, she's four years old, to be a flower girl in a couple of these weddings here this spring. And um, while she's perusing through our closet, she sees my wife's wedding dress. Uh, and she's like, Mom, what's this? So I'm downstairs with our boys, and all of a sudden Amber comes down in her wedding dress uh, just this, this just a couple of weeks ago. And all of those emotions came back of how amazing that day was. Um, absolutely awesome. What, 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 a, what a day that was. But marriage isn't just about a day. It's not about a celebration. It's not about the wedding. It's about this lifelong covenant that happens between a husband and a wife. It's about this, this covenant, this commitment that goes, goes back and forth. And this, this covenant is actually weaved all the way throughout Scripture. And it's more than a commitment. I said covenant and commitment, used them interchangeably. Um, they're, they're not the same thing. A covenant holds so much more weight. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on today about really the purpose of a covenant. But marriage actually starts and is found at both the beginning and the end of Scripture. It starts with, Scripture starts with it in Genesis chapter 2. You see this awesome, awesome picture of God has created the earth and he's created everything in it. And then he decides to, to create Adam. 
And it does not take long for God to realize that Adam by himself on earth is not a good thing. All right. Like everything else is, it is good, it is good. But we see in verse 18 of chapter two, it says, and the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Just waiting for an amen there. I didn't know if it was coming from wives or husbands, but just wanted to see where that was. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. And then all of a sudden Eve is created and there's this power couple, the very first power couple. And, and they start to, to be this perfect complement to each other. Happened at the very beginning of time. But I think what's important in this moment, what's important about this couple is actually the reason that the union happened. God had incredible plans for Adam and Eve that, that they could not fully fulfill on their own. That's the reason that it was there. He had something that he needed them to do. And you actually see that plan start before they were ever even created. Before all of that happened, if you bounce back in Genesis chapter 2, and I remember when I, when I saw this the first time just a couple of years ago, is verse 4. And verse 4 was, was interesting to me. It says this, When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plants of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. I'll be honest with you, when I read this just a couple of years ago, I was already in ministry. I was on staff here. I had been in ministry for like 10 years. And it finally dawned on me that my Sunday school teacher as a child had lied to me my entire life. There was a moment, because when I think of creation, it's like God created plants and God created trees. And immediately it was this forest. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, it was just amazing and then huge. And there was 30 foot trees and all this stuff. And that wasn't what it was. What happened was God had created this incredible process and there was beauty that was there, but he wanted, he wanted us, he wanted, he wanted mankind to be a part of the process to bring the beauty into fruition. And that's why he created Adam. And he realized that, you know what, Adam, Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. So I'm going to, I'm going to put somebody alongside him that's going to help him create the beauty that I've already started, that I've already created, but it's going to help him cultivate the beauty that needs to be there. And from that moment on, the, the couple has, has, has been this incredible thing that has come through. This, this marriage has been this incredible thing as these people are on mission together to do something incredible for the kingdom of God. It's a message that's consistent all the way throughout Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, for, I, um, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. It's the same concept that we see at the beginning of Scripture that God had created in advance this incredible garden. And then he placed Adam and Eve afterwards into it. He had already created all, of, all that needed to be there. He had already created this incredible mission for them and then placed them in it. So what God has in store for your marriage, I believe, that, that, that God has something in store for both of you to create, that he's, already, that he's already placed in front of you, that together you're going to be able to walk into and be a part of the beauty that is in there that God has in store. So the Bible begins with marriage, but it also ends with marriage. You see in Revelations chapter 19, there's this incredible scene that's called the wedding supper of the Lamb. All right, let's pause for a little bit because I realize there are times that Christianese happens. There's these words that happen in the church and you're like, whoa, whoa hold on. What does that mean? Um, here's what it is. Over and over throughout scripture, Jesus Christ is referred to as the Lamb of God. So it's the wedding supper of Jesus that, that, they're, that we're a part of. 
And the cool picture of it all is, is the bride of Christ that shows up is actually, it's us. It's the church. We are, those of us who, who have given our lives to Jesus, we've, we've placed that commitment of our lives to Jesus. We are then the bride of Christ on that day. And I know that's kind of hard to, to wrap our minds around, but that's even what, what is referenced in Ephesians chapter 5. It all makes sense then when we look back at it and realize as the bride of Christ, we are actually the ones being submitted to the head. We are the ones that, that are saying we are submitted to what Christ has in store for us. And when that happens, there's going to be this incredible celebration, this incredible, this moment where, where we get to come and be a part of and be reunited with Christ once again. So knowing that and understanding marriage throughout Scripture and understanding now that, that we are all a part of this, that we all have something in store, I want to take the time that we have remaining and I want to give you um, some advice, if you will, some marriage advice that's going to work both in your marriage and in your relationship with Christ. So wherever you're at in that, know this. If you're married, it's a two for one, all right? You get two messages in one, apply it to both, uh, and, and God will do incredible things. The first thing is this, prepare. Prepare. When you're preparing for your wedding day, there's a whole lot of preparation that goes into it. There is planning, there is money involved, there is, there's, um, there's, there's, clothes and there's hair and there's makeup and there's all of these things, all of these plans, there's seating charts, all of these things are, are there to, to be a part of the day. It's, it's, it's a blast. It's fun. But there's also preparation that should happen in your lives as well. Um, I do want to throw this out there because we have an incredible resource here at River Valley Church called Marriage Mentoring. Um, we would love for you, if you're planning on getting married, if you're engaged at this time, um, we encourage you take advantage of marriage mentoring. If you want more information on it, you can actually just text marriage to 41411, even right now. You can take out your phone, you can text it. Um, here's what's incredible. We take couples that have been trained, that, that, are, that, are, that have been married for a while, um, that understand marriage, and they will walk you through what you're about to experience, what's gonna be happening in this pre-marriage moment. Let me also say this as well, if we can leave that on the screens for a second. Um, it's not just for those that are about to be married. If you are married right now and you just want to meet another couple and do a checkup on your marriage and invest in your marriage, I encourage you to do so. When you text marriage to 41411, it sends you to a page. It'll send you a link back on your phone that takes you to our marriage mentoring, our marriage ministry page that's all there. There's resources um, all throughout there. You can be involved in marriage mentoring um, even after you are married. I know this. I don't fill my car with gas when I buy it and hope that it just lasts forever. There are times where you just over and over again, you say, you know what, let's invest in this. Let's make sure that communication is happening. Uh, marriage mentoring is not just something you do at the beginning. It's something that you can continue to do. And I encourage you to take advantage of every, every uh, resource that you have in your marriage and be a part of that. So you can do that. Um, invest in your marriage before you even get there. Prepare in your marriage. Go through marriage mentoring. Get to know other couples. Ask them questions. Tell them to tell you the hardest thing that they go through. Because when you're planning for marriage, it's all like bliss. It's wonderful. Like it's all these things that, that it's going to be great and it's going to be lifelong vacations and that's just about it. But there are things that happen. I know I've been married now for 13 years. Um, every now and then there's a snag. Every now and then there's moments and people need to be around you um, that you can prepare for that. I would also tell you this. This is a big one, especially in our culture today. Um, one of the best ways that you can prepare 
for your marriage is to protect your purity. It's to protect your purity. I know that we, we live in an extremely sexualized culture. And we live in, in a culture where um, you, you do whatever you want. It's, it's whatever, whatever urge that you may have, that you have the ability to fulfill it. And it's your right because it's, it's who you want to be and it's whatever you can do. Let me tell you this. Um, scripture even talks about the, the, the purpose of purity. I know this, that one of the best things that I can do to prepare for my marriage, one of the best things that I did to prepare for my marriage was to save myself and say that, you know what, you're the only person. There's an incredible gift that you can give in preparation to your spouse in doing that. Uh, Romans 12.1 says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Even in your relationship with Christ, there's incredible things that happen when you realize that, that your body is your, your, your sacrifice, is your spiritual sacrifice of saying, you know what, I am going to resist the, the urges of the world so that I can offer something pure to, to the person that I love the most. Now, I also know this, that, that many of us are here from different backgrounds. And I, I do need to say this, and I want you to hear this too. I love that God has grace for us. If there's anything, if, if, if there's, there's been moments where, where you slipped up and then you're, you're, you would say that your purity is gone, know this, that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, every one of us, no matter what the sin is, Jesus Christ has made each and every one of us pure again. And now that we know, let's live on mission for purity. Let's live on mission for purity so that we can give ourselves both to our spouse and to our Savior as pure. The second thing is this, celebrate. Celebrate. I love weddings. I love being a part of, of, of celebrations that are there. It's, it's excitement. It's, it's, there's food. There's, there's dances. It's, it's, it's an awesome time that you get to come together and celebrate. And I would encourage you, as, as, as you are planning for your day, celebrate it. Celebrate it. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be wonderful. In the same way, even with the commitment with Christ, Luke 15, 7 says, I tell you this, that I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Um, we get to celebrate. Heaven celebrates. When we get to be a part of that marriage supper of the Lamb, when we, when we get to be a part of that moment, that means when we give our life to Jesus, there's an incredible celebration that happens. People are, are, are in heaven. The angels are in heaven and they're celebrating. And I think that even on this earth, I love that we celebrate when people give their life to Jesus. Today, you're going to have the opportunity. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, today you will have that opportunity at the end of service. And I encourage you, it's going to be awesome and people are going to celebrate with you. Just like those 99 that, that didn't, didn't need to repent, they will celebrate with. I love this. Just because I was married does not mean that I don't still like a good wedding, right? It's my opportunity now being on this side of it that I get to celebrate at weddings because I understand the commitment that's being made. I love that marriage is happening. In the same way, when people come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we get to celebrate with them because we understand what it means. We understand what it's about. Therefore, we get to celebrate. We now get to be a part of the cheering section for every marriage and for every person that comes to know Christ that's there. The last thing I would say is this, and we're going to camp here for a while. Don't let your big, big day become your best day. Don't let your big day become your best day. The wedding is great. The wedding is great, but you know what? Um, 
I think one of the funniest stories that Amber and I will talk about is, is people tell us that at our wedding, the food was great. I have no, like, I don't remember it. I think I ate it, but you're like walking around. You're trying to say thank you to everyone else. And by the end of it, you're like, you're, you're, you're so exhausted. You're like, I, I don't remember anything that happened. I think we got pictures with people, but it was, it was just this big blur. If that would have been the best day, it would have been a problem. But instead, I encourage you, it's not just about the day. Continue to invest in your marriage. Continue to do what God has called you to do. It's a relationship. It's not just a moment. It's not just one big day, but it's this ongoing thing that you get to be a part of, this covenant that we get to continue to work with. And I would say the same thing even when you give your life to Christ. It's not just a time where you're like, did it, done it, check the box, I'm good to go. There's so much more to your relationship that you get to build onto. That's why we have now what books that we talk about all the time. We say, when you give your life to Jesus, we want you to have this resource because there's so much more. Um, even during worship, I wrote this in my notes and um, I want to go here for just a moment because I think it's, it's a part of our culture that we're in. Um, I know a lot of my friends growing up um, came from a background that was, that was Catholic or Lutheran, okay? Um, nothing wrong with Catholics and Lutherans. I believe we're going to see Catholics and Lutherans in heaven. But there was this trend that once they finished confirmation, it was almost like they just graduated church. It was like, okay, I did it. I'm in. I'm good. And I don't see in scripture where that's, where that's ever talked about. It's this ongoing relationship. And when you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, it's not like you check all the boxes so that you're good to go so that you can do whatever you want now for the rest of your life and end up in heaven. But there's this relationship. There's so much more. Christ gave his life, yes, so that we can have eternity in heaven, but also so that we can have life here abundantly. And that happens through relationship. And I just encourage you, don't let that big day where you gave your life to Jesus be the best day because God has so much more in plan for you. And don't let that big day that you said yes to your wife be the best day because there's so much more in that relationship. A few things um, that we find from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So I know here that this is speaking about, in the context of this, it's actually speaking about money. It's, it's, a, it's a, a passage of scripture on money. But both of my parents came from farming families. So I know a little bit about farming. So let me take some liberty here and speak on this verse a little bit in the context of marriage in the context even of sowing and reaping. Um, here's what I know, and it's not a lot, and I'll bet you you know this as well, but it's sometimes good to have a refresher. Uh, first of all, you reap what you sow. You can't like plant beans and hope that corn pops up. It's not gonna happen. It's, it's impossible. At the same time, you can't plant nothing in the spring and hope that you have something to harvest in the fall. In that same context, let's speak about marriage. If you don't like what you're getting out of your, your marriage, I would encourage you to, to look at what you are putting into your marriage. Please don't, please don't run too far with that because I understand there's two sides of this and, and there's give and take. But also understand this. I think that there's a lot of times in marriage where, where couples will try and give something out of anger or spite to get back at them and then get frustrated when that doesn't change someone around and they end up getting anger and spite back. Instead, when scripture says over and over to give love, maybe that would work better to get love back. 
I just, and, and, and I've seen it so many times is this circle that, that we run in, that we're, we're constantly sowing things and then we're frustrated that that's what we get back. When we look at our marriage, look at what you're putting into it and then see what you're getting back. So I encourage you, always be focused on what you're sowing into your marriage. Focus on sowing into your marriage. Focus on sowing into your relationship with Christ as well. If, if times seem dry to you in your relationship with Christ, how much time have you placed into it? I would encourage you to look into that. The second thing is you reap where you sow. Not only do you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow. I was riding in a combine with my cousin a couple of falls ago. We were going out there because my kids love to see the tractors and love to be a part of all that. So we were out in, in South Dakota on our family farm and we're riding and all of a sudden there's these lines through the middle of the field that don't line up with the rest of them. And I was like, what happened here? It's like, it's funny, the neighbor actually fell asleep while he was planting last spring and came across the road and drove across and ended up over in the trees over here. Um, your field isn't gonna, gonna, gonna get much if you're planting in your neighbor's field. Um, in the same way in your marriage, if you're spending all of your time, whether it's at the office, whether it's at your hobbies, understand that at times then when you're doing things like that, you're not going to get all of the harvest out of your marriage. And I think that that's also one of the things that, that, that is, is an epidemic in our culture is, is we give so much to the office or we give so much to a career or then after the career, it's, it's hobbies and there's things on the side and then we expect our marriages to be incredible. Remember to invest in your marriage first and foremost. Remember to invest in your marriage. Again, with our relationship with Christ, invest in your relationship with Christ as he continues to give back. There's this saying that I'm sure many of us have heard is um, the grass looks greener on the other side. You know what the truth of the matter really is? The grass looks greener where it's watered. So if the grass looks greener somewhere else in your marriage, it might be time to water your lawn. It might be time for you to invest in, in that relationship that is there. I want to do this even before we move on. There's, there's, I've got one more thing that I want to talk about, but I want to pray over our marriages just, just for a moment. Believe me, we believe, we believe in strong marriages. I know that right at the beginning of time that God had something in store for Adam and Eve. And I know that there's, there's times because I couldn't do what I do without Amber. I could not do it without my wife. And I, I just want to pray strength over your marriage. I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know what's, what's happening, but, but I want to take a moment. And if you are married in this, in this moment, could you do this? Could you just like put your arm around your spouse um, if you're sitting by them? And I just want to pray over your marriage. I see kids in between people and they're like trying to hold hands behind. That works too. God knows. God knows. But I just want us to pray. I want us to pause right now and pray over marriages uh, in this place. God, you see the marriages that are here. God, you see the marriages that are healthy. God, you see the marriages that are new beginnings. You see the marriages that are, that are about to happen, that are engaged to happen. God, and you even see the marriages that are on the rocks. God, I just pray strength right now. God, I pray that... that that you would give, give combined vision, common unity to the people that you have brought together. We didn't randomly stumble upon another person, but God, you placed them in our life. And God, I thank you so much for it. God, we just pray for healthy, strong marriages. In a, in a culture that seems to be tearing marriages down, that, that, that covenant 
has been torn down, that it's not as important as it should be. God, I just pray incredible strength, God-given strength, that, that as people are bound together in you, that they stay together, that they do incredible things for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.